Thrilling day, Saturday at Woodstock. The news was forced to get off of home base. We thought it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. A lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Hello. Welcome back to Podcast 99. I am Ryan Lichten. I'm here with Parks Miller. And today's episode uh, is entitled The Wild Wild West Stage, because that's the only stage that we're going to be dealing with today. Uh, We don't have any main stage acts, but we have a lot to go over. Uh, So much, in fact, that we won't even be doing the traditional Emerging Artist Roundup today. We'll be finishing that out on the next episode. But speaking of episodes... Uh, the last time Parks and I recorded, we recorded our Survivor story with Matt when we were both in Atlanta in the same room together, and we had just done the show, which was great, and thank you to everyone that came out to that. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a good old time, and the episode, we were really happy with the interview with Matt. What a personal highlight. Yeah, you know what, though? What happened with him, though, was that we... You know, we were throwing so much at him, and then afterwards, when we we're just kind of like hanging out, and we were done, it all started like flooding back to him. <laughs> and some of the shit, that, yeah, some of the stuff that didn't make it in the episode is like solid fucking gold. And I'm like, fuck, man, like there really might right. be a part two with him. Yeah, every every just talking to Matt, he was everything really he said was pretty <laughs> fascinating and hilarious. <laughs> And uh, and we might have to do it because he he also I think wants to do more podcasts now. Um, yeah, well, he's also, he also he does voice acting, about... which is incredible because he has yeah. this amazing voice that you guys all yeah, heard. You can't make this up. No, yeah. no. But yeah, big big thank you to to Matt Pruitt from, yes. from the Earl. A- absolutely, what and uh, and then yeah, then 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 the holidays happened. You know, it's a new year. It's 2020. It's no longer the 20th uh, year anniversary of Woodstock '99. Now it's the 21st year. That's how I look at all time. Now, it's <laughs> yes. it's relative to when Woodstock '99 happened, uh, which is True. unfortunate for my psyche. Um, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's approaching our second year anniversary our second birthday yeah I, what was it march of march of uh 2018 yeah and we just have this this episode? stellar uh we, we just have this uh great uh level of productivity happening where in two years we've released <laughs> less than 40 episodes <laughs> oh my God. we're gonna get through this we're so close i can taste it I'm having fantasies about it. I'm having fantasies about being about done recording the, <laughs> about recording the last episode. I've I've got something planned actually, um, so it's yeah okay. But let's let's just get into it because this is a this is a chunky one. I know this we have like, a lot to fucking. This episode there's a lot to do here. The there's a lot to do but, here. So we're starting off again. This is only taking place on the West Stage. It's Sunday now. Jewel just played. Uh, on the on the main stage, actually, during this first band is when Jewel is playing. So the time frame is about five fifteen to six fifteen, and we are talking about Seven Dust. Oh yeah, so this is a uh, this is an interesting. This is a special band. Um, I I almost we we had kind of talked about even possibly making this a legend in its own way. It was uh, not. Very, it was yes. It was disputed on whether or not this was a legend. Right. It's really epic. It's almost legendary, which actually, if you uh, 
read some interviews from uh, some of the members of Seven Dust. They actually claim that this set at Woodstock uh, kind of was their almost legendary moment themselves. Um, and because it happened on Sunday, uh, they say that the fires and the riots uh, kind of overshadowed their performance, which they, like Corn claim, you know, was one of their career-defining performances. Uh, not to say that they're uh, not doing well or not too shabby or anything, because they, they're definitely a pretty successful band in their own right. Um, but definitely, I would say, a deeper cut in the new metal scene. Yeah, uh, for they're sure. From At- they're from Atlanta, so and I, me being in Atlanta, I hear plenty about them. Um, but I'm not really sure how popular of a band they are uh, in the rest of the country. Um, but they did, they do have a uh, professional wrestling tie, so I think that that, you know, I'm sure that that gives them some national um, recognition as well. But anyway, they started in Atlanta in '94. Um, they had two band names before Seven Dust, and they had two band name disputes with other bands. So they had Rumblefish was their first band name, and then there was another band called Rumblefish. They threatened to sue, and then they were called Crawl Space, and Dude. Crawl Space even had, <laughs> and and there was a band called Crawl Space, and they also threatened them to sue. So. But like the, you picked two the of the set- worst names, and there was already <laughs> bands already called bands. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crawl Space is really funny because it, like, I mean, crawls. It's not very evil sounding, but it is like, I mean, you don't really want to spend time in a crawl space. It's no, just there's not, some it, negative connotations like there. Dungeon or like pit of hell, but it's it's also it has like a blue collar, like crawl space. You know, yeah, um, or like it could be kinda, like maybe if it was like John Wayne Gacy's crawl space, like right. that would be. But the, I almost feel Lord. like it's like one of them was like a was a plumber, and he was just like, dude, I had like a shit ton of bad crawl spaces this week, and they're like, that's so fucking, <laughs> that's so metal. Um, Sorry, cr- I, seven, I hit a joint, <laughs> and I'm like dying because they smoke a joint during their set. I'm trying to get in the right. The spirit. We're still. We're still recovering from our show. And it's just so to bad. Catch that magic again. Um, but so, w- real quick on Crawl Space, the band Seven Dust as Crawl Space, they had a song called My Ruin that was on the Mortal Kombat inspired album More Combat, which is not the soundtrack to the movie. Wait, I guess no, that they no, did a movie soundtrack and then they released a second album called More Combat. And is that the one that has all like the techno songs? I or, I think that that would be the actual soundtrack. No, no, no. But well, no, because there's I, like I'm not gonna lie. I don't know anything about more combat until I started researching. I've never heard uh, of more combat, but there is a great Mortal Kombat inspired album where it's like all the songs are named after the fighters, but they have lyrics and stuff, and uh, um, it's really like transcendent, like 1996 trance music. Right, and I highly recommend that to anyone. But more combat sounds amazing. This this could have some of that. I mean, I'm seeing Crystal Method was on there, and I'm seeing Killing Joke and Sepultura. So it looks like there's probably a combination of some like new metal, some some rock, and there's probably some of that like kind of proto Matrixy uh, techno hedonistic vibe going on as well. I mean, there's a a band called Emergency Broadcast Network. Never heard of that. Um, 
You, but was you know what we haven't heard about? Because I was just about to say that Mortal Kombat is very ninety nine. Like just Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. is just very nineties in general, obviously because it was made then. Yeah. But there's just something like even still to this day, just like brutally kicking the shit out of like your buddy in a game is just very. It just feels like <laughs> a throwback all the time. But we right, haven't right. heard if there was an arcade at Woodstock ninety nine. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna guess there probably was because. Hmm of all the other shit they had but we actually had that's interesting hmm. yeah yeah it's good yeah i don't know um so they after two thwarted attempts to name their band they settled on seven dust which uh, is inspired by the insect killer seven dust uh that's <laughs> s-e-v-i-n dust um and they changed it to seven S E V E N like the number. Again, you're getting this kind of interesting trend of like crawl space and seven dust, where it's like like insect killer, which Yeah. You don't, it's like at first <laughs> the it's exterminators. Kind of like, I feel like this, yeah, I feel like maybe they were like they were some exterminators and they were just yeah, in maybe. places. And they were kind of bring and then it doesn't you know sound what? that bad. But there is totally like an incredibly morbid and horrible element to that because I mean, I wouldn't want to be you know, inhaling seven dust. Right. So it does have, but it's just not in, it's, it's kind of funny. It's not in your more traditional, like, I don't know, like gates of hell demons, um, kind of like sort of metal name. And I guess that's kind of part of what the new metal vibe is, is like ha- having what I would say is a very distinctly sort of like a blue collar element. There's not a really a fantastic right. element. You don't need a ton of makeup. You don't need corpse paint. You don't need these like elaborate. Yeah. You've things. had the same wallet like, for like 12 years. <laughs> right it's like you're fucking mad because you have to be in all these crawl spaces and uh and you want to write music that reflects that sort of angst um they're very i would definitely consider this to be like a new metal band maybe um a second wave just because they didn't really get their legs as quickly as uh corn and limp biscuit and you can tell that they're definitely right inspired they were, by those they were kind of well they're also i mean in the tradition of like because in new metal, there's like the split. There's like, well, I would say actually there's three subdivisions of new metal, and it's important yes. to get the difference. You have like your Limp Bizkit like party bands that are definitely mostly rap influenced, and that's the lyrics. Like that's right, how it's the sung. Rap metal. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the rap metal. Then you have the really twisted stuff, and that's like your corn, your mud vein, like right. uh, you know, uh, Kitty would even be be in there. Like where sometimes there's like electronic like beats, and it's just like I'm so twisted inside. It's the goth. It's the goth. It's the goth stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and then you have yeah, like the working class, like the Seven Dust, the Cold Chamber, the Godsmack, like where it's definitely more like rock driven. You know, it's angst. It's the angst. So like there's singing, and it's like yeah, it's. It's, it's more serious. It, I would say it's the most well, like cedar yeah. or something. I don't yeah. Know. Uh-huh. Exactly. Or stained. Stained stained would be like the that's the really big kind of like the angsty new. Yeah. Yeah. The what yeah, exactly. And that I mean, because Seven Dust was also featured on the that album Straight Up, which was the a dedicated album to the singer of the band, um, what was it? Snot. Snot? Yeah. yeah. And they do a little tribute in the set. I was gonna uh, mention that because Unfortunately, I've become a fan of Snot since I started this podcast. Dude, Snot um, is such a band yeah, that you would like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but they have, but they, I would say that Seven Us kind of, they kind of blend them a little together because they do have that sort of grungy 
vibe, but then they also have sort of that psychedelic corn uh, or tool thing. Uh, I would say the most distinctive thing about Seven Dust is their lead singer, Lejean Witherspoon, has kind of this incredibly almost operatic, just this really full-bodied baritone it's he's very he's pretty... full-bodied and that's not what i thought you were going to say about him when you said the unique thing about seven dust what did you think that he's an african-american male <laughs> well he does he definitely and that is rare looks... in the new metal scene he yeah and i mean as we've already talked about the number of like black performers at Woodstock 99 is low in itself let alone uh fronting a new metal band in fact this would be the only uh, band at Woodstock. Also, I don't have- know if he's actually an African American. There's plenty of other places in the world he could have heritage from. Uh, but we don't yes. know. But the, I mean, the name is Lejean Witherspoon. It's an incredible name, um, and he kind of just goes between these harmonies and screaming. Um, and so they obviously liked Tool because they love psychedelic music and psychedelic drugs, as we'll also find out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but to wrap up, again, this really is so close to a legend set, so we are going to spend a bit of time. But basically, um, so they're they're kind of getting their legs. They're starting to blow up doing the OzFest Warp Tour, um, and their second album, Home, was going to be released uh, August 24th of 99. So they were on the brink of like a second album. And so it's kind of like the Godsmack Creed type of band that hadn't had or buck cherry that had not had like their biggest most memorable hit yet but is still right. playing woodstock um other than that uh just uh their song enemy was an official theme song for a wwe pay-per-view event and uh josh and i saw seven dust <laughs> in atlanta at the masquerade um in december of 2018 uh so and it was a play off of their album Home, and the show was called like Homecoming, or maybe it was Comes Home. I don't remember. <laughs> Seven Dust played. <laughs> anyway, um, how so was that also, though? Um, well, we didn't we didn't stay for too long. I'm not gonna lie, we we weren't as committed as when you and Josh went and saw Shaggy. Well, and, I mean. Well, we and we were not as committed as when you got a fucking autograph from Guster. So really, it's, I that's mean, true. <laughs> we, we we were like, wow, we're watching seven and corn. I didn't have. I have both <laughs> autographs. Right. Thank you. Um, no, of course, no. You you are definitely you've chased them further than I have. That's for sure. Um, but so before we get to the set, I just want to talk about their interview because, as you know. Um, a lot, but not all the artists will have some of their interviews before they play on YouTube as well. Um, th- this their interview, I highly recommend the entire thing. Um, if I haven't mentioned, like these guys are from Atlanta, they are from the South, and uh, I want to play a small clip of them introducing themselves. So you get a little taste of their accents. I'm Clint, guitar. Morgan, play drums. I'm Vinny. I play bass. I'm Lejean. I sing for the band. I'm John. I play guitar also. Right there. So, I mean, these are, these are like, this is very Southern. Um, and, I mean, these accents definitely, because there's all sorts of shades of, like, Southern accents, uh, depending on where you are, like Texas, Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, Alabama. I feel like they mention Alabama a lot. They're going to play Sweet Home Alabama in their set for a second. So, I feel like there's, like, a strong Alabama thing going on as well from where they are um one thing that i love about their interview is that they say dingaling twice <laughs> like two different members say dingaling um i think that they were worried about cussing 
And so they're very like. So they like, use dingling instead of wiener? Or or just like dick, I guess. Uh, because, well, to me, the interview is really funny because Lejean on stage, when he's performing, he's just going to be like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck does fucking drugs? But like, <laughs> there's a moment in this interview where he's afraid to say, they're like asking him what the album's about. And he's like, it's about dragons and blood and uh, stuff. And he like, you can tell he wants to say shit and censors himself. So I just, it's just. I don't know. To me, they they just seem like these like incredibly like endearing personalities. The guitar player Clint Lowry, who I think just because he's sitting closest to the interviewer, ends up answering like all of the questions. But he does this thing where she'll like ask him a question, and he'll give this like obviously ridiculous lie of an answer, and it's like obviously a joke, and he'll like let it <laughs> kind of sit in the air. And they're like, no, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. And he does that like 10 times. I just feel like I kind of like know I've like met people like this before. Um, so anyway, onto the set. Um, another clip. There's a lot of good clips here. Uh, we're going to start right at the beginning with Brother Wheeze. Yeah. Because he is in rough shape. Let's hear this real quick. Introducing the band. All right, folks. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to Come on, let me hear you. Are you ready? Seven dollars. I mean, he's just like barely <laughs> like. Actually, oh my god. So this totally reminds me. Um, first of all, fucking uh, just keep. I'm going to keep this short. I'm going to keep this tangent really short. But speaking about me chasing Woodstock so fucking hard, I was on a date the other night, and we're at my place. It's going well, and and she's like. You know, um, I don't know, like, if you want to talk about it, but, like, I wanted to ask you about Woodstock. And I was like, no, you did not. And then I just fucking, like, unloaded the whole box. But she showed me this movie from, it's a very culture dump relatable thing. It was a VH1 made-for-TV movie about the band Sweetwater, who played at the original Woodstock. And basically, they were go- they were going to be mounted to be like a, the next, you know, Jefferson Airplane or, or, or what have you, you know, like this, like or Janis Joplin, even the singer was really world renowned. She broke it off to do her own solo thing, but she got in a drunk driving accident, crushed her vocal cords. And when she wakes up in the hospital with crushed vocal cords after like being like a severe alcoholic, that's what Brother Weiss sounds like. <laughs> Like, he sounds like someone that's in the hospital with his vocal cords crushed after going to Woodstock. Dude, that was such an unnecessary comparison, but it was so brilliant because you brought it back to Woodstock. Dude, how long have you known me? That's all I do. It's unnecessary. You just said it's not like someone who got it. No. Nope. Had a shout out the Sweetwater movie because it's too good. Brother Weeze, he's in rough shape. Uh, his name is Brother Weeze. I mean, he couldn't have picked a better name for himself. So, um, yeah, Seven Dust, they're playing. And um, you okay. had some comments about their their outfits. Okay, uh, well, we always have we, well, we always address how, how the band's dressed. But first of all, just to set the stage, because it started raining during Jewel's set. We know that from from uh, you know the, the the last timeline episode that we put out. Uh, so, but the, the West stage is a mile apart. It's on a totally different side. And 
it's being taken care of differently. Like it, like the grounds look shittier than it looks over at the East stage and everything really looks kind of dampered and gross and it's overcast, but it was still really fucking hot there. So it's gotta be just absolutely miserable. Also, I'll say this, the pit that you see this entire time is a lot more reminiscent of the pits that you see nowadays where there's a lot of people. It's not like corn or Limp Bizkit, right? Where it's like an ocean of people going at the same time. This is like, nope, here's the mosh pit. Here's everyone else. And, and like right. they have like a circle pit at, at one point and stuff. But, dude, this is the only time you can really see people getting punched in the face at Woodstock 99 mm-hmm. is in their pit. It's so I mean, it's, violent. It's it's aggressive music for sure. It's these just... Yeah, and, and they tend to, like, <laughs> I think Seven Dust maybe more than any other band really is, like, commanding the pit. Like, I want to see a fucking circle going or I want to, like, right. you know, well, fucking... No, when this kicks in, like... But he doesn't call it a circle pit. No, he calls it, it a whirlpool. Yeah, and, and I'm telling cooler. you, these guys, you gotta. I mean, just listen to these guys talk. Like they just have these. I mean, it's not just. I'm not just trying to make fun of Southern accents. It's like no, no, there's no. something really interesting about. Yes, Lejean Witherspoon is just like a bit of an anomaly, and like in part because he is like a black guy fronting a new metal band. But then he's also like. I mean, he's got this crazy name, Lejean, and then he just Lejean. has this like this voice, like, and he's like, "Let me see the whirlpool." Like he just says it. <laughs> Let me see the whirlpool. He yeah, he no, talks like he's a fucking awesome Lord of the. Yeah, yeah, Lord, he's of, the some Lord of the Rings, like epic fantasy, like video game character shit. And I've and the other thing is like, and I don't know my my mosh pit, you know, history, but I just I've never heard anyone else call it a whirlpool. No, and there's I mean, circle of death. Wrong. There's wall of yeah. death. There's circle pits. There's slam dancing, which is something that you would do in the pit. Uh, right. But yeah, but no, and it, not whirlpool. Look at the, he's definitely doing. It's definitely is. I want to see the toilet. Know. Like it's as a, a circle. Like you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flush my shit down. <laughs> this is yeah, it's okay, going back so, to this whole plumber but, vibe. But, okay, but about okay, and again, it's like we we're not trying to harp on this point but again it you have to understand in this in this whole scene of new metal and the history of heavy metal music period uh, uh yeah a black front man is not something or front you know woman it would be even more rare uh, immensely mm-hmm. so but that's not something that you'd see all the time and right. also keep in mind that there's maybe been like six black performers at woodstock 99 period right. you know and and also, but if you look at the way that they're dressed that one of the yes. guitarists' guitar mm-hmm. is a Confederate flag. The yeah, whole guitar. Yeah, I think it's the bass player. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like a rebel flag. So um, I can imagine that uh, those guys probably, they probably have a high rapport of joking amongst each other <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that allows that to happen. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't but, know, man. It, it, it's just weird, but also it's like, I'm like, well... And again, this is a stereotype, but it's like it's they're from the South. I don't know. Like, no, no, that's what I mean. There's there is such a distinctive like Southern thing going on with this particular new metal band that even a band like Limp Bizkit, because I feel like Limp Bizkit is from the South. But I feel like Fred, you know, the Fred, you know, he's wearing the New York cap. Like, I feel like he really kind of wanted to be seen as like an L.A. or a New York guy. Right. Um and well florida i, like, I mean florida is a different kind of south like he's he's like true, in like spring breakers land like right right yeah so this this is georgia and so it's just yeah it's weird for that um and yeah it's just they're dressed in 
it's they all have this there's is, multiple flame shirts going on yes yeah i think what did you uh you said the guitarist they're dressed they, like guy fieri they dress like guy fieri yeah and that and i think that's just really funny to think about now because i think that uh we just have to give it you have to like what's so interesting about this is that you have to give it credit when you watch a video from the 90s or whenever um now granted it's not like everyone thought it was cool but like enough people thought it was cool to be put in that video um yeah <laughs> and i think that and all i mean is that then you take that and then obviously at some point it turns into like this guy fury thing uh right and so it's just always fun to look at be- because it's like oh it you know now you see flames on a shirt and you think it makes of me like hungry 40 f- yeah you, yeah yeah you want lots of sauce you want to be covered in <laughs> sauce but at the time it was like because you can my spike your sauce. hair spike your hair tune drop that d down yeah and like you are like this you're in like an edgy fucking band that's like pushing the envelope of music so it's a it's a strange time yeah it definitely um, so but the so yeah i mean the two uh god there's so many great outfit choices happening in this entire episode folks we are on the tip of the iceberg of this entire thing it's the wild wild west stage anything goes everyone's got flame shirts on there's confederate flags on stage the plagues with a black singer and fucking the drummer has a britney spears headset on and these yes. little dreads and i think mm-hmm. he was the one um that in a later interview where fuck you know what we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put that in where when when in that later interview where the drummer's talking about how they started the riots I think I'm pretty right. sure he's the mm-hmm. one, but uh, and he's got yeah. yeah he's got these little bleach braids and he looks like nine out of ten dudes you see in all these pictures we've seen of Woodstock '99 walking around because he's got no shirt on but like big ass jean shorts like Lee pipes if you remember right, those right. with like yeah. back pockets that are the length of the leg, um, mm-hmm. yeah he's like wearing those and like pull up socks with no shirt and he's got this like faded Yankees tattoo, <laughs> right? Arm. Well, and actually there's uh, there's three guys with dreads because yeah. the singer. Has dreads. The drummer has dreads. The bass player has dreads. So and only one of them is doing it correctly, by the way. Th- and it ain't. It ain't the. <laughs> it ain't not the singer. <laughs> well, the drummer has like the little tiny, like the little stringy, really Shady small dreads, dreads. Which is, I mean, it's, it's a look. We might. I might have to give the drummer like that because having these tiny little, like little poopy, shitty dreads, and then having like the Britney Spears mic with the like oversized <laughs> jean shorts. <laughs> I it's know something. it's like, are you best dressed as a band or are yeah. you the worst? I like it, it's <laughs> yeah. like falling in this. And that's kind of like the whole thing with the seven dust set. It's like, is this so great and interesting that it is a legend or is it just one of the strongest sets? You know, right. I mean, it, they do play well. And, and maybe it's that it's that there's something that seems very earnest about them. And so it just seems like they're kind of like there we're, we're going to do it. This is our time. Um, something I also gathered, I think from the interview is that they had gotten asked to perform at Woodstock a month before Woodstock yeah. and yeah. they were on the warped tour. And so they actually just, they just canceled dates and just said, fuck it. We got to go right straight to Woodstock. Um, so uh, yeah, again, I don't know what happened. They just suddenly were having a, a moment. Yeah. And good for them. But yeah, yeah, I think I think I do think that Lejean Witherspoon, the singer, is uh, a huge part of what makes them like interesting. Uh, Definitely for our uses. We've got some clips of him lined up because he says some really funny shit. And it's like it's very uh, earnest. And uh, let's I want to play this one right now to show kind of the earnesty. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you what. If y'all keep showing us so much love. 
You're gonna make me fucking cry, y'all. And I don't want to do that right now. I'm too happy. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, I love it. Like, it's, it's, what is that meme now of the, um, I saw this meme where it's like these like four like just massively like roided out guys that are all in front of a computer and then they're all oh, like man. kind of like they like you think they're going to be like really disgusting but then they're like they're just typing out these like incredibly like sincere like heartfelt messages to each other <laughs> and like that's the vibe I get from Lejean Witherspoon he sees this like scary guy but then he's like Oh my God! You're gonna make me fucking cry. Yeah. Like, he also at one point he's like he's like let me see your peace signs. Whereas everyone yeah. else is like put those middle fingers up, y'all. But he's right, just like let he, me see your peace sign. Right. <laughs> but he's not he's not all one way or the other because then he's also just screaming at the crowd to like you know like, jump and be fuck violent. And shut do up! The, I want to right, see the so, whirlpool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he talks like a king. Yeah, I know he's got he's like some Neptune shit. He's just he's King Neptune. Like I want a Neptune. pool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but maybe it's because of all the drugs he likes. Let's play another he, clip. Okay, okay yeah, him. yeah. How many of you people in Woodstock like to get high? How many of y'all like to smoke kind bud? to take acid how many of you like to do mushrooms now I'm not condoning doing drugs I just like to let everyone know at Woodstock that I do participate y'all yeah he likes drugs and he brings it up so much and like throughout yeah. the entire city, he's like, "You like drugs? Or, Are you on drugs? Or like, who many of you have magic mushrooms? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, and, and again, dude, honestly, we're we're kind of going about this like pussies because we're not. I don't even know any of the songs. Like, I don't even know what song they're on right now at that by this point. But no, like, it's not Legend Set. Yeah, no, so exactly. But he he pulls out uh, a joint and he's like, "Can I get high with you?" And mm-hmm. and pulls out this giant joint that I describe as a witch's thumb, uh, yeah. <laughs> also known as a witch's dick, uh, yes. where it's it's really thick and like kind of longer than your average joint, but like lumpy and like like it's got right. too much weed in it. It's burst to the brim, and he starts yeah. smoking. And he's like, "Can I come down there and get high with you?" And it yeah, reminds me, it looks me like, like a paper mache prop. <laughs> yeah it's like a you'd get it from like a halloween store with like a hippie costume but right. uh it, it reminds me of like the old michael jackson videos or like, like the eddie murphy bit where he's like like can i come down there and sing to you like and like the girls are crying but he's like can i come get high with you and he goes down there yeah. and and literally by this point there's maybe like six to eight peace patrol guys you could count right. all the security for this entire mm-hmm. fucking crowd on two hands because they've all quit by this point so there's yeah a dude comes down with a joint everyone starts cluttering for it and they're just like yeah whatever go like yeah. <laughs> go, go get high with neptune uh right. you know <laughs> The guy who was too, who didn't want to say shit in an interview, like probably an hour before then, is right. like, can I get high with you? <laughs> it's such a good transformation. I, I, <laughs> well, and again, like every time he, and he addresses the crowd a lot. Um, yes. Also spotted shoulder titties have to keep track of all, all the nudity. Because even still, during this band, 
like in this middle of the day and everything's so miserable, there's still like this free spirited will of Woodstock still happening with some people are still clutching onto it. Um, you know what I mean? And there's there's still like this weird like, yeah, no, like, get, let me get on your shoulders, babe. Like to watch Seven mm-hmm. Dust like, yeah. in the fucking rain. Uh, and like, I'm going to take my top off. It's it just it's right. it's just it, it's still happening. It's never stopped. And there's always going to be like there's some someone there is having a really bad time, like the worst day of their lives at all times. And someone else is having like just a great time, no matter what's happening around them. And that's kind of what yeah. we've learned from these survivors. And Seven Dust mm-hmm. being like having such a violent pit. And then right on the outside of it, there's just like some like topless chick on like a dude's shoulders and like a bucket hat, like taking a picture. Like, right. Uh, Absolutely. So then they do their shout out to, uh, yeah, Lynn Strait of Snot, who right. died. How, how did he die? Um, you know what? Oh, this is bad that I don't know this. Um, but yeah, basically, they had this, all the guys did this. Um, like a tribute to this this band Snot. We'll do and, a Patreon um, episode about it. That that's right. a good one. And because, but it, I always remember when I was in middle school, it was like it was it was like Serge from System of a Down, Fred yeah. Durst, Jonathan Davis, like Mark, Mark McGrath. McGrath. Um, it had a yeah a Lejean, and in the album cover was like all of the guys of all these bands' faces on a yeah, black I backdrop. Have it. And so I would always look at that and just be like, oh, I want that. But for whatever reason, it, I just I didn't get it. And so then it's just funny that doing research for this, I found out this man's snot. And then yeah. I just went, I'm going to check this out. And then there's just like a couple snot songs. I'm like, God, I really like this. Um, so <laughs> well, there's and more the, embarrassing the album, basically what it is. That. Right. Well, yeah. fuck it. I mean, that's this entire but, show yeah, but, has been an embarrassing. <laughs> right. Uh, admission of how much we know about this all this stupid shit but um (laughs) that album each artist covers a song from from snot and Mm -hmm. uh then i also believe there's like a group track that they all did that's like a softer jam and i think mark Mm -hmm. mcgrath takes the lead on that one um (laughs) again mark mcgrath the singer of sugar ray they were supposed to have played woodstock 99 but dropped off because he was sick yeah that's a shame yeah i would have loved to have seen that so, yeah, me too. It would have been great. Um, so then at some point, and I don't know exactly when it happens, but Lejean has on, like, it's almost like a British comedy thing, like an SNL skit, where, like the camera angle changes. And when it comes back, the person's in like a totally different costume. And everyone's like, ah! right. <laughs> but right. he has like a Jamiroquai hat on that's like made yeah, out of like feathers real- and stuff. Again, right. very Lord of the Rings. Right. Or it's also like the when... You know, like five or six years ago when the EDM craze was like at a, at a peak and it was that like kind of raver hat, you know, like a big right. like an oversized f- fuzzy, like vaguely fur raver hat kind of thing. Except for Lejean's right. has feathers. Yeah, um, it's, it's more it, like he's summoning some shit, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, this guy, I mean, he's talked about all the drugs he does and he's you obviously know, I got he, he smoked like, a some giant s- joint. <laughs> And then he put and on like a like, silly yeah. hat. Like he's just goofing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring me that. No, I, that's what I love is I get this. <laughs> I get a vibe from him that he's t- like a total fantasy nerd, um, especially I, in the interview. Like he's so timid in the interview. And now he is just like full on like commanding this audience. And, it, and he is. I don't know ripped. what it is. Yeah, no, he's and he's great. And like, his, I don't know. He's just. <laughs> It's a very uh, interesting character in rock music, and the and because I, I watched the Seven Dust set maybe three times because like when we were like before we really knew how we were gonna put this show together, uh, we would just like watch 
just random sets, like whatever, you know what I mean? And just yeah. like kind of check them out and, and shit like that. And uh, so I, I watched it then. And I remember thinking like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. But now like each time I watch it, I'm like, this is so good. Right. <laughs> like the way, like just, it's so perfect for Woodstock. Night. Are you happy out there, Woodstock? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, Lejean Le Witherspoon in a like, crazy feathered Jamiroquai hat is so ahead of his time. Like, I don't even think he's aware of it. Like, I feel like, <laughs> like, I think that this whole, like this, like super, like, like an anime kind of like, there's just been this whole like, anime rap culture thing now. And like, I feel like that image of him, like it could, it could be so big. Like if he went yeah, back I, to it. <laughs> yeah. Like, Cause he has track pants on. That's the other thing. Almost yeah. everyone in the band is wearing like Adidas track pants, except for the drummer and uh, all the, like the guitarist and bassist that they're in all black outfits minus right. the flames. Whereas Lejean is in an all red track suit. Basically right. he has like a red polo shirt on, which he ends up kind like ditching rock vibe. Yeah. 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 And then, and then those pants and it's, it's funny. Like, I just wonder if they plan that, like where they're like, yeah, Lejean, like we need you to, do something to make you stand out. Um, like maybe you should wear red instead of uh, wearing all black. I guess like that way people will notice you. Um, but so th this is another great. Dude, we're going Lejean crazy. I love yeah. this guy. Um, I guess he it's this... like he's the legend. Maybe that's the thing is Seven that's Dust it. isn't the legend, but Lejean Witherspoon is a legend. Is absolutely a legend of Woodstock 99. Yep calling it that's yeah. what it is uh, mm -hmm. our first band member legend by the way yes, th this yes. is never th this hasn't been given to anyone else um he does this great thing where he's getting the crowd fucking amped up uh, he asked him about limp biscuit and uh we got to hear that really quick yeah we know limp biscuit had a problem last night what the fuck did y'all think about limp biscuit what the fuck y'all think about metallica what the fuck do y'all think about Seven Dust? Yeah, so, I mean, he's got the crowd work going so hard. It's so um, good. Oh, and then another thing, this is like random Woodstock 99 B-side shit. Um, I noticed a new kind of shirt because uh, like if you check out our Instagram or, or, you know, if you follow us on Patreon and stuff, we always or if you went to the events, um, you saw our huge collection of Woodstock 99 stuff. And I have all these different T-shirts that were given out to all the different kinds of workers. So there's, you know, they're all different colors, but it's like the same font on the back. Um, they even put ads on those shirts. So that it's like Converse ad or like gotcha.com or something. But it's like uh, Peace Patrol, box office, family information, uh, you know, trash, Ogden. And I saw a new one that said uh, uh, television group is what it said. And they're the cameraman hmm. tees and they're black. Oh. So, yeah, I had never uh, seen that uh, before. So we, a, new, a new shirt that I need to search out on fucking eBay. Great. That's the mainstream media infiltrating Woodstock so they can smear its name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The television group. Um, they they uh, play Sweet Home Alabama uh, for a second. And I mean, in like, I feel in like four steps too low, like in like a yeah. new metal <laughs> tune. <So it's> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the skies yeah. are. <laughs> but also, which again, I, I mean, like some one of them must have be from Alabama or something, because there's a ton of my Alabama money's on Confederate flag a, base guy for a band from Georgia. And now, you know, all the southern states kind of have these rivalries, so they, they must have some sort of like 
There, some of the members must be from Alabama or something. Yeah, like I mean, and it's just a weird choice. I mean, it's not a weird choice to cover that song. First of all, didn't Kid Rock play a little bit of it too? <laughs> yeah, but no one's done a full cover. You just got to do that riff a couple times. Yeah, that's all people want. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, God, it's a long fucking song. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's weird. Leonard scared. Yeah, I, I, I just literally imagine like the guy with the bass, like. Like, he just starts playing it, and he can't help it. He's like, wait, what's going on with this thing? And it's just because it's a Confederate flag base that every once in a while just glitches out and starts playing Sweet Home you Alabama. play Leonard Skinner's song. <laughs> He's like, it's possessed. They're like, all right, go with uh, it. Yeah. But then they yeah. that song goes into Walk from Pantera. Yes. Which is, which, and I mean, that also makes sense because that, I mean, they're being from Texas, but that was like a huge, like, southern metal band. And, like, kind of them being from the South was, like, sort of a big part of their identity too so it makes sense that there's there's some pantera-esque uh moments in the seven dust music right but uh no yeah i mean yeah, dude because it's, just... it's really fucking heavy beat the shit out of someone music you know yes. and it, again it, it's part of this that I, I don't even know what really makes them what why they're new metal rather than i would just consider them metal i'm sure there's tons of people that that do you know what i mean that would probably make more mm -hmm. sense but it's just about i guess it's who you were playing with at the time and like the scene and stuff you know and like i guess there's some like kind of interesting like weird echoey guitar stuff and like it's i mean weird it's new metal because they're not talking about hell they're talking about your basement they're talking about yeah. the crawl space <laughs> crawl not space. hell <laughs> that's oh why it's God. new metal there's no guitar solos there's just like these really long crowd pump up moments where he repeatedly asks you to form a whirlpool form a um, whirlpool and actually i got another clip here uh, uh let's let's hear another little bit of a lejean goodiness right here but i need each and every one of you to speak to me i need you to speak to me Spy! So I'm just like, speak to me like you got to speak to me if you want me to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. That's all I got. I'm sorry. He's just he's screaming. He's screaming. Speak to me. Which I just think is really funny. Speak to me. He's talking to the earth, by the way. He's screaming. Because uh, he is Neptune. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, just so you guys know what our process is like, in case you were ever uh, interested, we have these outlines that we uh, work on together that help to keep us on track as best as possible and remind us of the things we're going to play. And with that speak to me clip right next to it, it says, Parks has a really lame joke. Like I that was like joke. that was like you thought of that <laughs> and included it on the outline. You didn't even just remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Speak to well, me. That's it. <laughs> you all want right. to speak to me, you got all right, anyway. All right. <laughs> okay. So uh there's this part where then after that the Jean presents a tall boy that says like canada on it or it's like canadian it's a, it's a canadian something? beer and he's like mm -hmm. has this bit about how he got the tall boy and uh we got to hear that really quick because it's classic so uh the only thing i was able to bring back from canada besides a pair of my fucking underwear since they took everything else was some friends and i'd like to say hello to everyone I see WAAF in the house. I see K-Rock in the house. I see so many people. This is a show we call Head Trip. 
And this is for you motherfuckers that's out there on drugs. Can we hear you, Woodstock? Yeah. The tall boy was all I was able to bring with me after they took everything. It like yeah, sounds like, he, like he like, like, he, like ran from Canada. Like everyone yeah. else gets, gets in a tour bus and he just like starts hoofing it and like just runs Dude, for four hundred miles between cities. And like, I can all picture Lejean just fucking blazing through the fucking wilderness, like <laughs> like running like crazy, like <laughs> breathing all hard, like <laughs> like almost like a werewolf, like like. Uh, Wait, in like, Twilight, was there a werewolf with with long dreads? I think there was, or maybe it was a bad vampire. I don't know, but just like bla- like oh, like trees and shit are like falling apart as he's going past them, and that's how he got to Woodstock with his one tall boy in hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that, and and yeah, so he starts drinking uh, on stage, which is great. I mean, dude, Seven Dust is having a great time. They're obviously very young in their career because. They smoked a joint and drank a fucking tall boy on stage. And I think he even oh, had yeah. two. So it's like mm-hmm. that's you you really aren't seeing like people getting like fucked up on stage. You know, yeah, and not to say that he's bringing, not to like, say a that he appears Nisian party god atmosphere to his to this crushing new metal riffs. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it it's true. A little levity. I mean, yeah, so. I mean, I guess lit. Drinking Jaeger is probably the closest thing to that we've seen. Yeah, uh, but there's some, something about like I don't want to drink Jaeger with Jaeger with lit. Like, no, I want to smoke so weed and sleazy. drink beer with Lausanne. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I want to hear yeah. his yep. stories around the campfire. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was 786 years ago <laughs> when I came down from the sky. Yeah, um, <laughs> literally just how I fucking feel like he talks. Um, then also, like, during this whole set, uh, it's worth noting, there is light trash flying. Um, not like mm-hmm. what you're seeing, you know, at the end of Kid Rock's set or, you know, during the Offspring or something. But there is a decent amount of bottles just constantly being thrown. I mean, consistently being just tossed around. It doesn't stop. It looks like big bugs are just, like, swarming overhead at all times. Um, yeah. So so that's happening, and I, I thought that was worth just noting because it's like just keep in mind that when we talk about stuff like that, it's it's not like oh yeah then this happened during the set it wasn't during the set it's during the entire festival <laughs> it's True. like fucking insane but it's also you know amongst all the plastic bottles there's also batteries rocks like whatever the fuck people found people like frisbees all sorts of shit. Um, I mean, maybe the trash flying also coincided. I was just remembering now that it was the drummer in the interview because the drummer uh, has this sort of epic description of their set at Woodstock in which he says that like thousands of people like stampeded over the horizon once they heard Seven Dust start playing. Uh, yes. He says, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> but he does kind of, he says that like a ton of people, he just saw a ton of people like rushing over into his eyesight. Um, and I mean, you know, maybe that happened. We don't have that camera angle. Maybe it's all the psychedelic drugs and being around Rajan's <laughs> <laughs> stories that just, yeah. just everything has to be incredibly epic. They cascaded down the hillside. To yeah. form a whirlpool. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, well, he says that because Jewel was on the other stage, you know. So there's this weird oh, yeah. thing happening right now at Woodstock where it's the absolute most and least Woodstock to happen at the same time, basically, yeah. you know, um, minus Rage Against the Machine set, which simultaneously is the most and least. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, so you have Jewel. But so what he was saying was that everyone heard like some heavier music happening, and they're like, "Well, fuck this! Let's get the fuck out of here!" And then started really? yeah, like cascading down the hillside to form the whirlpool. And um, <laughs> basically, like that can't be true, first of all, because the mile they they were over a mile apart from each other. Okay, no one at Woodstock '99 that was ready to go rage to Seven Dust had it in them to run a mile and a half. That's that's crazy. It was probably people that were sitting around. You I'm know, what hold I mean? one out for for them. Uh, maybe because they do live in Atlanta, we can get an interview or something. We can get to the bottom. Well, no, of I'm these sure a lot of people running. ran up to. I'm sure <laughs> but once they the started, yeah, I'm yeah, sure I a lot of people came. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like people were like this mass exodus from Jewel. Right. Like for seven dust, like because we saw the jewel crowd and uh, I didn't right. see anyone running. How could you? Right. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but like, he, okay. So like then, the their song uh, "Bitch" is the song that's on the official Woodstock '99 VHS DVD release, and he has this incredible fucking drug rant, yes. which is probably the best sample that we have from him. Except for uh, where, the one after, they keep getting better. But this one's really, uh, yeah, really check, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this know. one's really great. Yeah, okay. It's a beautiful thing, huh? So can we come out there and get fucked up with y'all after we play? They told us we get to spend the night in your town, so uh, we got an off day tomorrow. I will do all of the fucking contraband that you fucking have in Woodstock. But we need to see some kind of fucking participation from y'all. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I, I lit up a big old fucking joint. I smoked it with you. I almost got in trouble. I'm sure the fucking police are waiting on me out there. But I say what? It's all worth it for you people right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you're, I'm just gonna approach like like first of all, I just love that. That's such like a a punk rock touring band like van band thing. Like that's something I've literally said at a show. Like, like I'm gonna party, hang with you guys at the merch table after the show. Yeah, or like yeah, if you guys want to get fucked up, or hey, if anyone's got bud, yeah, or like yeah. you know, fucking like if we're looking for drugs, like whatever the fuck it is. Like I love that and they're like, no, but seriously, come up and talk to me. I need some drugs, and I yeah. want to party at Woodstock. Like <laughs> he also, he also, he says contraband, but he says contrabine, and I can't contrabine. Contrabine. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like this crazy accent. Like what he's, is contrabine? He's <laughs> so intense. Yeah. I, I, yeah. God damn. And then he's, <laughs> at, at some point, he does mention. I think Collective Soul is about to play next from Atlanta. We're going to get into them. Uh, basically, there's not a lot of rock bands from Atlanta. So, that, like, they're just going to be right. friends because, like, we're both here from Atlanta. This is crazy that two well, and rock they're back bands to back on the same Atlanta stage. Are, yeah. Um, they probably backlined each other. Yeah. Like, dog, can I borrow a snare? <laughs> yeah. Um, we we need a place than... to stay tonight. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I really appreciate your name, Collective Soul. Because yeah. <laughs> like, I collect souls. Yes, I yeah. am a soul collector of Neptune. <laughs> uh, he says he says Whirlpool for a third time. I've been keeping track. Um, and maybe people should bring it. Guys, if, if anyone's listening, they're in like a heavy band. Bring back the Whirlpool. Fuck a bring circle Bring back the Whirlpool. Fuck a circle pit. Um, we're really close to the end. Uh, there's really just 
about one clip left that really just kind of describes the beauty of seven. Oh my god oh my god this is the best one okay i (laughs) yeah yeah, you're right i I stand corrected (laughs) this is the best one this quote alone makes lejean a legend in my book this is another just like rage against the machine just like jewel playing on the other stage uh you know while the seven dust is playing on the other this is the most like simultaneously woodstock 69 woodstock 99 thing ever right Dude. Look at the fucking rainbow! Yeah. I'm just like, He's like look at my like, work! I created yeah. that! Right, <laughs> you got the rainbow, which is like such a sign of like peace and happiness and the the wonders of nature, the mystery of, of God's work. Uh, something great like to look Lejean. at when you're tripping or on drugs. And then you just have this like just squalor of guitar feedback and crunching Damn. like line God six bless you solid all. state riffs. <laughs> Dude, at one point he also it's screams so "God bless you all," which yeah. is great. God bless you all. Yeah, but uh, He's yeah, epic. He's so epic. Uh, dude. He, you know, much like a rainbow, he too, Lejean from Seven Dust, as well as a rainbow, are both signs of peace, light, the wonders of nature, and the power of the good Lord, <laughs> and all Absolutely. of His mystery, and yeah. an anomaly, a beautiful thing, an unforgettable, tender just existing force in this world that right. is just the scariest motherfucker on the planet too. And if you don't believe us, <laughs> listen, watch their interview. It's like eight minutes long. They, they do talk about God. They it's, it's interesting. Just what a combo of elements Ugh. that lead us though. So, but that's, that's uh seven dust. Um, that was seven got, dust folks. Uh, that is definitely my favorite of the of the bands we're going to talk about. So we're going to slot. In my opinion, we're sliding downhill uh, uh, from yeah, from no, Seven Dust. I agree. I, I, um, I'd agree. But, you know what? Though I made a mistake though, and and what happens, folks, when you watch these sets, uh, like when we're when we, we'll sit down, you know, and we take notes. That's like how we remember all this shit. Obviously, um, Parks and I watched this one at his place when we were both and, for the show. Yeah, 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 and and. Yeah, because Collective Soul is the next band. Again, we're staying on the West Stage all day today. We're just going to stay at the West Stage most of the day. Maybe, like, fucking check out Chili Peppers later. But uh, mostly, I'm just going to be at the West Stage. Uh, but uh, so this is now, like, 635 to 720 is their, mm-hmm. their their set time. Dude, if you the sets get better, the drunker you get, which is kind of the whole thing at Woodstock 99. So if you're sitting there with a couple beers and you're like, yeah, hey, I'm going to have to watch this whole set today or oh, i got to watch a couple sets, by the end of it, I'm like, this is kind of kicks ass, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what I think about well, every and, single set. If I if I drink when I'm fucking watching. Well, them. and if you uh, I think this was the first night you were in town. So we just went out. We were out for a long time. We went to I took Ryan to the world famous Claremont Lounge, God. Uh, this infamous strip club in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, so we got back pretty late and it, yeah, we watched the set <laughs> like really late and we were a little My notes, faded. I could barely read them. It looked like it's like I live on Hollywood, and if you go out to like you know in any overpass in Hollywood, there are just these tent cities that are just devastating and disgusting and crazy. And like if you just were to go into any of those crazy tents surrounded by trash and pulled out a notebook and opened it up, that's what my notes for Collective Soul looked like. Like yeah. I had to I had to rewatch it. 
just to actually like remember things. But um, I had to rewatch it too, and it just didn't hit the same. It wasn't the same without you there. Just me by myself. I was like, "That's what? really I'm, nice of you to say." I'm, and I mean it because you know I was just. Uh, it's the middle of the day. I'm sober and I'm watching Collective Soul at Woodstock 99. Alone. Like, wh- where did I go wrong? <laughs> like, <laughs> what happened? That's how I fucking feel, um, dude. Uh, I, I want to do a. I want to do an entire episode just on their most famous song, Shine, and because you know it has that little moment where it's yeah. But then there's a second one where it goes yeah. And I was listening to that last night, and I was like the. I could literally talk for like 30 minutes about him going, yeah, because it's just yeah. really interesting yeah. to me. That, 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 that's their biggest song. And my buddy, uh, shout yeah. outs to Andy Paws, he would always like, especially if like we were like partying or like maybe we're hanging around and, and someone's stoned or something, he'd be like, dude, check this out. And he would pull up like a video of people surfing, like you find a surf video and then play that song. And he's like, they go together so good. And it's like, his like go-to joke is putting on shine. And just people carving waves. It's like, yeah. Well, shine, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely their most recognizable song. Um, they, even at one point in the set, they, I think the singer, Ed Roland makes a little crack about, yeah, we're a one hit wonder. They have had other hits, but it's by far their biggest one. And so, um, and it, and actually, this is a good way to segue into their uh, biography. Uh, another Atlanta band here, but Shine was one of the first songs that singer and songwriter Ed Roland ever wrote um, for Collective Soul, and he actually made it as a demo. I think intended with a band, but they essentially were like, we're going to write these demos and then we're going to try and like sell these songs to artists. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the song like got onto this college radio station, album 88 WRAS, which is like a pretty, pretty known for having broken some other like indie Atlanta bands into like, you know, bigger uh, acts like outcast and deer hunter were a couple bands that they did too. And so they, they got a hold of shine the demo and it became like a, instant like listener favorite became requested a ton and uh atlantic records like found heard about them and signed them and so then he he didn't have any intentions of making a band but then he had to make a band because he was literally signed to atlantic records uh ed roland and then he got his brother dean roland to play guitar um but the crazy this is pretty interesting is that their untouched demo album then became their like major label debut. Like they didn't re-record it or anything. And right. because because Atlantic was just like, no, you need to do this right <laughs> now. And then six months after they got signed, they played at Woodstock ninety four. Um oh that's so, right. Yeah, they're one of the double double Woodstockers. Yeah, pretty crazy. Breed. Yeah. Um but yeah they're from Stockbridge, Georgia, which I've never been there, but I do know that it's in Henry County and I've heard to people being like, oh you got a lot of Henry County going on and uh, it's, I guess, used somewhat. I think it, I think it has a reputation of being sort of like that pill, pilled out rowdy white boy vibe. But I've never I've never been to Henry County. It's it's like near Atlanta, but Atlanta rock is just like a really strange thing. It's like Black Crows, Collective Soul, Indigo Girls. Like these were like the big 90s Ooh. Atlanta bands. The it's, Indigo Girls. So really, like until like rap came and like 
really put Atlanta as like a musical destination. I'm always fascinated by kind of like the, the strange bands that somehow made it, you know, before like rap just like became the calling card of Atlanta. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, no, they had, so shine was a big hit. Uh, December is a really big hit. Um, I was going through their music because there is this like soft spot of me of like collective soul. And maybe it was because I was growing up in Atlanta where like maybe they were playing it a disproportionate amount to the rest of the nation. I have no idea because I just felt like I heard collective soul all the time when I was, when I was in middle school. Um, but here they are and yeah, let's do our notes. We, we took some funny notes while we were a little, a little from what I could read. It was, uh, it was a fun, fun time that us, us, us culture dumpers, uh, getting together down South. (laughs) It it was a lot. Yeah. Shout outs to, uh, to our survivor, Matt for, uh, the hot recommendations on, uh, entertainment centers. Yeah. Um, so I guess we called it cop rock. Mm -hmm. And I say that because it's like, like a clean cut, tough guy would listen to this. Right. Like not like a not like a rowdy like like maybe like has a couple beers now and then like man I got really drunk like uh, like 2 months ago. You right. know? Right. Like like and it's just like a very like buzz cut just kind of like like driving your truck to maybe go do some outdoor activity kind of rock. <laughs> outdoor activity <laughs> rock. Yeah, yes, like you listen to that, clean. like 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 we're going camping. Like, oh, dude, did you bring the twelve pack? You know, we're gonna be there three days. Like, I don't know. I picture, <laughs> I picture people having like zero tolerance to just, anything. Just responsible and, like, human beings is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, just people that yeah, can like, go and get drunk, like, have a couple beers, and not ruin their life in the process. Yeah, like the soul is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like that. Yeah, losers is what I'm saying. And like, instead, it'd be like, oh, I brought fat tire. They or like they do seem like squares. Um, I, I mean, they know. seem all right, but it's just the the music and the kind of people that I envision listening to this, especially nowadays. Um, they also have a music stand on stage, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, maybe they didn't really remember how to play shine because it was they just gotten it or whatever so they had it like tabbed out <laughs> or like tab. or um, i mean they, they did do tabs. some covers so i think that maybe it could be lyrics as well it could have been that yeah um i don't know i would love to see their tabs because i had a note about how the the collective soul riff is perfect for like a middle schooler because it has lots of hammer-ons it's just like and like I just remember like learning guitar like like wow this is this cool trick where like I haven't really gotten much better at guitar but now I sound like I'm so much better at the guitar because I'm just doing hammer-ons and pull-offs and like right. all their riffs all their big riffs like have that uh it's kind of a zeppelin thing a little bit yeah I don't no, know yeah there's like it's like it's a like, ton of riffs heavy like blues influence just like right. blues rock but it's not metal this is definitely not a new metal band no not a new metal band um our next band it could be disputed as, as a new metal band uh but yeah. no collective soul is just like a heavy rock band and uh, right. heavy is pushing it even right and let's listen um, to a, the- a clip of their of the vocals the the yeah. singer has a oh, very okay. distinctive style. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. What the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, because it's getting on that almost that rusted root sort of like really doing strange vocal acrobatic type stuff with the heavy riffs. It's why I get the I feel like it's like a watered down Zeppelin in sort of way where it's like we're going to have these crazy riffs. But then our singer is like not going to be matching that rock intensity like our singer is going to be out in the clouds somewhere. Right. Doing these like. Pretty falsettos, or well, I mean, it's a little harsh on the mix, and we're gonna, you know, we know that the mix isn't perfect, but yeah, yeah. I mean, which again is hilarious considering that like Brian Setzer Orchestra played on this day and had like a 17 piece band, and that sounded perfect. And then you get like right. just the most like traditional, like sounding band, and it's just like you can't fucking pull it off, but um. They're kind of like up for best dressed in a way because they're, it's just like like what they're like the one of the like criteria for best dressed for me is does that outfit work now and if mm. you could wear that outfit now and not mm-hmm. look fucking like super lame or like a throwback then you probably dress pretty cool and right. uh, that's what that's them you know just like fitted shirts like dude's got a thermal on it's probably hot as fucking balls <laughs> but. One thing I noticed, and I have this in my notes, is that mm-hmm. they're the only band I've seen that hasn't been drenched in sweat. Right. Right. Um, I don't which know. Again, it's just that kind of cop vibe. You're not really there. You're not here like the rest of us are. Oh. Um, but I, think I, that <laughs> I know that. You think that they're planted? Like they're like <laughs> undercover? Maybe. Uh, yeah, they're just like they're they're looking out, making sure people aren't doing too many drugs or something. I don't know what it is. Um <laughs> I've noticed something about you, though, because I remember you really liked Oleander's outfit way yeah. back. We're, we're, we're going back two years. I know. That's a reason. And I think that the Oleander has a similar, um, just a very, the very clean cut look. So, you know, I learned something about you, Ryan. Yeah, you dude, like- I'm sorry. <laughs> just stick with what works. You can't ever go wrong. With they don't. I mean, they don't. Jeans. No, they don't look terrible. They would not look terrible as humans. But again, there's something. It's just not clicking in us as a rock band. And like maybe I'm just relying too much on stereo. Any more flames? But yeah, it's just like it doesn't. It's not particularly edgy. I feel like that, and I don't think that that was really their goal. They, no, all no. their hits are pretty catchy. So they kind of had like a penchant for like writing like catchy songs. I guess. Um, this is just me. Like the I don't know why I'm defending them so much it's just, I, i'm very conflicted because i watched this says like man this is like i know you also really... don't want to like catch a fight in the streets of atlanta walking around <laughs> yeah. bump yeah. into like the drummer of collective soul hey asshole <laughs> like i wasn't that scared when i went to go when i when i met guster like even though we like dragged them right uh but then when they found when they told me that they did know about the show uh then i was like oof like thunder god their bongo player looks like he could fucking throw some hands if you will <laughs> uh so i got a little nervous but yeah so uh no, you know we're not talking shit especially no, not on seven dust <laughs> I, definitely not i just collective soul is just so conflicted because there's like Four collective soul songs that when I was doing the research, I was like, God damn it. I loved this in middle school and I can't unprogram my brain to not yeah. love this now. And why should you? It's free country. <laughs> no, no. Uh, December is one of them. I'm sure people remember that song. Uh, that oh, was like a, yeah, yeah. That was like a big hit of theirs. What? And- Wait, hold on. You have. 
Okay, What's no, that? sorry, no, I, I didn't mean to stop you. No, I'm just, uh, I mean, I'm just excited for like the next couple things that are coming. Uh, oh yeah, c- coming down the pipe. Right. Well, they sorry, just... folks. Yeah, this is our first time uh, doing a new uh, style of uh, of outlining, uh, getting oh, ready, yeah. you know, to create our new show, Culture Dumps. So mm-hmm. we're trying out some new stuff. We're workshopping here. We're always workshopping, innovating. But yeah, basically December they do <laughs> they do a thing where they like when the song ends you like play a sped up version of it and kind of like, Oh, right. Like you kick it back in. It's like, yeah, it's like an encore. And, and that's also seems like such a Zeppelin thing. It's like a four on the floor, almost like disco folk classic rock thing. And then it's like, they're kind of sort of improvising and jamming a little bit. And so it has like a 69 moment. I think that there was like a, a this, you know how like the way trends it's like, it's always like 20 years, like the 80s was really big right. a little while ago. And now it's kind of the 90s. And like so in the 90s, it was like the 70s. And like not all the right. bands did it. Like really the new metal bands weren't because they really honestly were like making a much more distinct style of music. But a lot of the rock bands in the 90s were really bringing back like a lot of 70s type of vibes. And I mean, as we'll know, yeah, I, there's I a ton of Wawa. Like there's a ton of fucking bands at Woodstock that are just like blasting through the wawa as we'll hear with godsmack and yeah you know at some point the wawa next, like, by the way yeah got blown up and like no one wants to use it anymore but in the 90s it's there there's a lot of it a maybe that's why wawa. the 90s ended up being so sleazy towards the end too you know because the 70s were like yeah like super sleazy time well, basically I mean, there's like a there's a major spike in pop culture during a decade there will be a fallout the next decade. So in the 80s, you had so much innovation and you had, you know, the creation of, you know, hip hop and that like, you know, exploding onto the scene, you know, in a huge way and, and MTV and, and all this stuff happening that it had to like hit a peak to drop down the next decade. And that's right. kind of like yeah. what you're seeing, uh, you know, in the 90s. And yeah, they were, you know, they, they were banking on a. Uh, uh, on the fucking on the seventies, which was the fallout of the sixties, you know, right? Like, like everyone got so fucked up so fast and had such a good time that then the next decade it just kind of fell off uh, for a while there. But yeah, no, and the and the rock influence, like the Led Zeppelin comparison, is totally accurate. Um, I have a note uh, here um, to mention my Santa Barbara wine country uh, trip or, or uh, winery trips with uh, my boys, but I think yeah. I already covered that with the that Andy was... surf video story. Right. <laughs> but... I, I, didn't, I didn't know if there was like a separate instance. I mean, I think that I've never been to wine country, but I imagine a lot of collective I, mean, I call it wine country. It's not really wine country. It's a beach town, well. but they have, yeah, well, they have like wineries <laughs> like all over, or like what, like they had all these wine bars and like a lot mm. of places weren't letting me in. Cause I had like crazy hair at the time and like we were all fucked up, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we did like a, a bro trip out to Santa Barbara and went to like a couple nice little places. We went to Neverland ranch, uh, mm. which I'm sure I'll work in a culture dump episode, you yeah. know, later. Um. But uh, anyways, moving on from the Santa Barbara trip, uh, <laughs> the singer switches the guitar, a roadie brings out uh, the guitar. I always love like the stage hands. We've yeah. seen a lot of stellar stage hand work at Woodstock '99 from Kid Rock's, you know, guy that brings out the fur or, or takes mm-hmm. takes the fur away from him right. uh, and gives. Well, he's he takes the fur from Kid Rock. No one takes anything away from Kid Rock, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's, he's handed the fur coat. Then we have um, the the roadie of death, the Viking during Limp Bizkit, hanging yes. on to Fred Durst, <laughs> and like now you have the collective soul guy who's probably just like God, like him. So glad I get a little break right here. Right, right. yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there. 
I just get this like this pro vibe from Collective Soul. It's just like all their gear seems really new. They're not sweating. There's, a, yeah. there's something a little copish off about them. Um, They're very comfortable with in-ear monitors. <laughs> I want to play a very quick riff from their set yeah, real quick. Totally. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is something that I guess maybe started with uh, Everlast for me, but just noticing things about myself that I didn't know, but like hearing that white <laughs> boy funk riff and just being like, God, like sixth grade me just loved that shit. That well, like just that white boy funk riff. It's funky. But uh well, it's not. And again, I, it's, it's not law, funky. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not funky at all. And I wasn't. <laughs> I'm still. Right. I'm still questioning. <laughs> am I? But I definitely wasn't funky in sixth yeah, grade. Yeah, you're not funky. The music's not funky. Nothing funky is happening here. Yeah. Um. They also they cover. Uh, I I don't know why I wrote this, but I wrote that Collective Soul is the Who of Woodstock '99. <laughs> um. I don't know about that. Uh, the Who, of course, played at the original Woodstock. I don't know why I did that. Uh. Yeah. That I. But I. It's something I wrote. I did it. Then they cover Crazy Train. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not like a bad cover, but it's just fucking unnecessary. And like he, the singer also is like, since he's singing about a crazy train, he has like these crazy eyes and he's like looking right. at the crowd with for like a second. It's like his weird yeah. stage thing. Like I'm crazy. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like it's like a drama kid or something. It's like okay, like you're if you're gonna be crazy in the scene, you just need to like have really wide eyes and like <laughs> you'll be crazy. <laughs> yeah i don't know or maybe he was do, trying to do like an aussie impression but like the singer kind of looks like kyle mooney from uh saturday night live <laughs> and uh like i just so in my head it's him doing an impression of the singer of collective soul doing an impression of ozzy osbourne and it's like it, yeah it's this whole this this whole thing also their stage is oddly clean just like there's like no them. trash they're oddly it, clean they are oddly clean yes Damn, yeah, you're right. But and again, like, because Seven Dust stage, like, I mean, he's spilling his his Neptune beer everywhere, and mm -hmm. you know, ash and gigantic joints, and there's trash being thrown. Collective Soul is like, I, I mean, even the crowd seems to have mellowed out a, a bit yeah. for it. I mean, there's a lot of like during bands like this, like Everclear, for instance, or Lit, where it's like rocking bands that aren't heavy. What you see more of is a uh, crowd surfing. You see shitloads yeah. of crowd surfing during all this like this kind of music. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I guess it's just because that's what you do, or maybe that's when people wanted to take a piss break. And as we've heard, like the only way to get out of some of these crowds was to get crowd served. Right. So like, ah, collective salt him, send me out. <laughs> yeah, uh, they cover um, a U two song. I will follow. Um, they, they they would cover a U two song. You know what I mean? Like that's what right. they would do. They would yes, do yes. Absolutely, yeah, and and they would definitely cover yeah like an Aussie song. First of all, Aussie like the song "Crazy Train" to me is one of the funniest songs ever because mm -hmm. he was like such the scary Satan fucking bite the heads off of animals, crazy madman of right. metal. But it's like crazy, yeah. It's that's like a how disco it goes. Song. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like fucking like Cindy Lauper song is what it is. I love it, but, um, but but we can argue that the song and then it gets more and more evil and it. It kind of does these cycles. I love Crazy Train. I've never heard everyone's heard it a million times. I love that song. I think also, yeah. and my other theory is like maybe 
um, because we're talking Atlanta again. And uh, in the 90s, there was this Atlanta Braves baseball player, Chipper Jones, and his walk-on music was Crazy Train. And so when I was in like third grade, before I even was like actively listening to music, I knew about Crazy Train. I knew that I, I, because I yeah. knew that that was Chipper That's... Jones's song. So maybe, they were, you know, maybe, uh, and I could totally see Chipper Jones being a big Collective Soul fan. So, but, well, um, makes sense to me. Yeah. And uh, I could see them being a big fucking, ba- being big baseball fans. Yeah. Say, so, hey, the game's on. Like, one of them comes out with, like, the team's hat on, like, to watch it at home. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. like, that's what they do. Like, they have, like, they pour their chips in a bowl. Like, they don't, like, you know, like, <laughs> oh just God. have them in the back. <laughs> Man, we've, we've lost our edge now. Our, <laughs> these are our burns. I bet they yeah, put they, I, chips <laughs> in a bowl. <laughs> yeah, they, they, well, no, I'm but just set in the stage where it's, like, game's on, game's on. Like, know, like you know, not, like, yeah. and they it's have their fat tire. Enough. It's not bad enough to just, like, trash and then I have this exactly. Weird, I have weird, conflicted feelings, but it's definitely like not that good. And it was really painful to watch it again sober without you. So that's uh, well, all I got to say. I, about I, it. Well, <laughs> but the, when, so the last note that I have, this isn't even about them. I couldn't read it because again, we were out all night when we came back from like a night of like debauchery, and we're like, oh, well, like maybe let's get some work done, mm-hmm. and because uh, that's how hard we work, and I. <laughs> I wrote it down. It literally just says, they said like a totally different band at one do it. Yeah. I don't I, know. I think that maybe you were saying they sound like a totally different band at one point. That makes sense. Possibly. Yeah, but uh, I don't but remember don't, that happening. They don't ever sound like a It probably just sounded, band. I was probably just a completely different person watching yeah. it. <laughs> By that point. Yeah, I was I the different know. person. Just kidding. We weren't that bad. But uh, I definitely was not myself. All right. So... Now, again, West Stage only, Wild Wild West Stage today. We have the band Godsmack. This is 740 to 840. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I mean, they've been around for a long time. Like, almost all their songs sound like a wrestler, like like um, like CM Punk or something would have like them as their walkout music. Um, it's, but I mean, and their, their music's been used in, in some things. We'll get to that. Um, they were formed in Flo- in Lawrence, Massachusetts in 1995. Uh, they are actually a lot bigger than I thought. Like, that's the thing with all these bands. They're all bigger than we thought. And like, we're, we're being pricks, but like all these bands fucking have accomplished so much shit. They had three consecutive number one albums and they had 18 songs in the top five on oh. the billboard charts, huh. like 18 songs I in mean, the top I, five of all damn. songs. I remember them yeah. being really big in the like yeah. early 2000s for sure no they're they're huge yeah yeah and uh especially at this time like they were really like well they were about to get really fucking big again like this not not collective soul because they played 94 but um you know like seven dust and Godsmack. Like, there's some buck bands cherry. playing at woodstock 99 yeah buck cherry that were like right before they really fucking exploded creed um, Godsmack is almost like creed where like both of those bands were about to just get astronomically bigger yes you know? yeah huge yeah and and this at this point the sun's kind of going down so there's that cool kind of like sunsetty deal and it's like again like this is sunday this is the last day like we all know what's gonna happen in probably mm-hmm. four hours is right. what we have left before the total destruction and chaos of woodstock 99 um it's 
So like as the sun's setting, I'm like watching. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like, right. It's like the halfway point in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the singer uh, whose name is Sully Enra, Sully. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, from uh, Monsters Inc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a Boston thing. It's a <laughs> hey Sully. Uh, yeah, he started playing drums and he played drums for 23 years. He was in a band that was uh, you know notable called Strip Mind. Uh, which like, mm. is almost like in the same realm as like Crawl Space, you know, strip mine. Well, God, it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know, like there's a noun and a verb. Yeah. You yeah. got a God, you're going <laughs> to smack it. You got a mind, you're going to strip it. Yeah, baby. <laughs> We're smacking gods and stripping minds. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that, yeah, but it, so he quit that band though and, and formed his own band as the singer. And a lot of people think that they got that name from Alice in Chains because I believe there's an Alice in Chains song yes. uh, called Godsmack. Mm-hmm. But according to Sully. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Big giant, gigantic uh, drug addicts there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Sully, the singer of Godsmack, says that no, actually, his friend got a sore on his lip and he made fun of him for it. And then he ended up catching the same sore on his lip. And then it was a cold sore, a cold sore, mm. a, uh, and uh, a herpy <laughs> is, is what it is. And the, his other friend said, Damn, you look like, I don't know, he called it a Godsmack, which is like a really, like, like, like that's something for God to do to you. Like, oh, that's a Godsmack. You got yeah. herpes on your face. <laughs> like, uh, that, not, that's what not, he had said. Uh, heavenly, not heavenly junk, as uh, no. <laughs> I think Allison Chains <laughs> yeah. meant it. Was heavenly junk. Hero, heroin yeah, no. from the gods or God playing a joke on you. God's yes. Two interpretations yes, those are the- of Godsmack. Yeah, exactly. So this isn't necessarily a 99 thing, but their biggest hit song that they ever had was I Stand Alone. And that song was recorded for the 2002 film The Scorpion King starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. There's a little wrestling tie-in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Woodstock 99, very wrestling was gigantic at that time. Uh, I also saw the Scorpion King movie. Like, what a fucking throwback i hadn't even thought yeah. of that movie I until because like, yeah he was of course an offshoot character from the mummy to the mummy right. returns starring brendan fraser <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah see we we know more about we know stuff about other stuff uh their song awake yeah was used in the old navy recruitment uh videos and not and commercials well, in navy not old <laughs> old navy recruitment you said old I, navy. I say old navy <laughs> like I think that, like I think that Navy recruitment videos. From I got the pants past. on the brain, but I I was thinking of I, old yeah, Navy like, and also old Navy we commercials want you to wear could these totally be God smacking. <laughs> yes, but yeah, no, it's they were used. Their their music is scary enough to make you want to like join the defend military. your country. Yes, yeah. You're like, oh fuck it. Yeah, so also, uh, I love this quote that I found about the uh, Catherine Terman of Amazon.com fame said that they have a dark, swirling, commanding music. It's that whirlpool. The <laughs> whirlpool's co- swirling, you know, whirlpool. Yeah, and, swirling, whirling. Um, I think swirling re- also just refers to having a Wawa in the band and commanding because maybe, maybe they were recruiters. And they were literally yeah. trying to get you to join the military. Oh, my God. Um, Dude, that but, was probably such a sick paycheck. But it's really funny that that happened because then that definitely gave them an association with the military. Whereas in reality, like at least the music that they first 
were making and like a lot of the songs on their uh, first album had a lot of references to witches and Wiccan practices, uh, even to the point where their debut album was pulled from shelves of uh, Kmart's and Walmart's in Cleveland. Really? Yeah. So they and they don't even really swear that much, right? But I mean, it's that witchy stuff. You know, you saw what happened to yeah. Harry Potter. So yeah, people... <laughs> yeah, yeah. How that totally tanked. Yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, they, have, yeah, they yeah, have... yeah, yeah. They they sure stopped that. I uh, don't. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know enough about their music to know where this Wiccan uh, reference is. Well, they have a song. They're like one of their big songs, uh, their biggest song at, by this point uh, is their song Voodoo. Yeah, but so that, literally just. I'm going to. I got to put my. <laughs> you can't just say Voodoo. <laughs> like, I mean, that to me just seems so 90s or it's like, ooh, Voodoo. Like, I'm telling you, like, voodoo <laughs> is just like chainsaw. Like, these words appeared more in the lexicon, like, in the 90s. Psycho. Like, people, you just don't, yeah, you don't, yeah, psycho. Like, you don't, people don't say voodoo anymore, you know? Like, but people yeah. said voodoo a lot. Yeah, they and, used and to that say was probably, they're probably like, like the, you know, CEO of Walmart or whatever, the guy that, like, screens all the music that they sell, probably just checking out the track list. He's like, okay, you know, run, uh, talk to me, whatever. Okay, yeah, sure. What? Voodoo, <laughs> no, it's just like throw it in the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but you know, because they have a song called Voodoo, uh, they were taken out of stores. I mean, it what could have been more. Would... Again, we're we're, I, well, we're I was, yeah. There, there's their, some all their lyrics. There's some so. imagery, yeah, but it's very light imagery. Yes. it's not like you know, it's it's not like some other shit that was out at the time. It's not like their Slayer for fuck's sake, right. or like you know or what corn, I mean, you know. They, or corn, yeah. I mean, who are easily the most twisted band of the decade. Yeah. Um, so th- there's that. It opens for some reason with the sample from Friday, where right. it's like that classic line where it's like, "You don't got nothing to do today. You don't got a job. Or, I'm gonna get you high." Yeah. 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 Like, and everyone starts going crazy, and like then they walk right out and start playing, which to me shows that it wasn't just something that was playing. Like they're like, "Yeah, it's like okay, start the sample. Like let's go." Right. So because Godsmack. The, the kind of music that they are, it's like, it's that third level of new metal where it's like, there's some grunge aspects to it. It's like grunge metal. Right. You know, they're, they're not where it's rapping. Like heavy. Yeah, they're not rapping. It's nothing like that. But there's like these kind of weird, big, like open parts with like, you know, some interesting guitar stuff. Lots of tom usage. That's a big thing in yes, all of new metal. Yes, it's like the, just the toms on the drums are just getting pounded the tom, entire time. I'm going to guess like that they're, the they're like voodoo, like the band Disturbed, they're in that same yeah. kind of deal. Like voodoo and playing a lot on the toms. There's a correlation here, you know? Yes, right? absolutely. Song titles called voodoo, playing on the toms. I think that also the Friday thing, it's just like, I mean, you got to remember now, we're, we're in this privileged time of... You know, you're out in California with the legalization of marijuana, you know, I mean, recreational, it's true. medical. Back then, I mean, it really was literally still just illegal to do everywhere. And so in New York, I, of all places. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just talking about getting high and stuff was like it was definitely edgier than it is now. To say for the, sure, to yeah, like smoking something. a joint on stage in, in 1999 is a lot different than smoking a joint on stage now like now Truly. it's like who fucking cares like right. it's not cool anymore right right like yeah um and yeah i guess uh you know it's like chin rock yeah would be uh that's you know that's, like that mm, like, like strong like they they can like, take a punch 
Right. It's like the collective soul, the uh, the creed. Um, you know, I guess Pearl Jam. It's just that there's a type of singing that happened in the nineties. And yeah. I think that he definitely has soul. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like and and the, but the kings, the absolute kings of Chin Rock uh, will be featured in our next episode. Yes. Um, yeah. Make a lot of but, references uh, to them, but uh, but yeah, yeah. So, we'll, we'll, but we'll get there. Um, the whole band kind of looks like they're just made up of like roadies. I mean, the singer is dressed all right. I guess he's got mm-hmm. like those like rocker jeans on that would probably be like two hundred bucks or something. Like they're like perfectly right. torn and like perfectly flared and fitted with like these motorcycle boots. And he's got like the he's like really like there are Godsmack is an immensely tribal tattoo band. Yes, uh, and. And I think, <laughs> well, I think their logo is a like a tribal. Tattoo. It is a tribal. Tattoo. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. And uh, our buddy uh, Eric from Meth Syndicate, uh, he's he's going to be on a future episode. Uh, he actually made a shirt that's the Godsmack logo, but it just says Nutsack. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> instead, but yeah, really it's a it, good shirts. Like they're the the Godsmack logo is a tramp stamp tattoo that you would see at Woodstock '99 on someone. Yes. So they really knew what they were doing in that regard. And yeah, yes. they do kind of look like roadies. He's got the the singer Sully's got that wet shirt. It's like the sat the black satin, so it kind of looks like you're soaking oh, yeah. wet. You know, which I realize is kind of like a Kanye shirt in a weird way. Um. Yeah, the basis. You, we both, we both had this note that the basis was wearing a security shirt, and like that, and itself yeah. was like a pretty nineties thing to be like, dude, I got a security shirt on, but like I'm not security. But and, I, like, <laughs> and actually, I'm not gonna lie. Me, me, and my bandmate, we did a show where we both were given security hats. So I mean, we pulled this prank like two years ago. So we're not that much better than them. But so, something about the bass player is that. He's plucking with his index and ring finger, but not his middle finger, um, which I just as someone who plays that's fucking weird. I just it's just like whoa, that's pretty interesting. Um, that's really bizarre. Yeah, and then the guitarist has a Johnny the Homicidal Maniac shirt. So yes, that's that's a bit which of is, a deep cut. That's a major deep cut. But if you don't know, but if you know about it, that's the funniest fucking thing ever uh, that you know about that. Right. But basically, it was a comic book by Roman uh, Durge, I believe his name. He's the uh, create the guy that created uh, Invader Zim. Uh, Invader Zim, the cartoon was his like attempt at you know child cartoons. It was a smash hit. It was huge. It was like you know if you go into a hot topic now, there's still Invader Zim shit. Uh, it's like kind of like dark and gothy. But before he did that, he had these comic books. One was like uh, uh, Noodle Boy, and then one was Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, which is literally about a homicidal maniac that just goes around fucking killing people and like cutting off their kids' heads and like stringing bodies up and drinking blood and mm-hmm. shit like that. And uh, it's like the most like disturbed kids in my like junior high would be wearing that shit. Yeah. And you'd just be like, fuck you. Like, and they'd have like the bunny ear braids hanging down in the front. And you'd right, be like, dude, right. don't like, I'm not talking to that guy. Like that's the school shooter, dude. That's the school oh, shooter. Man. Like, yeah. Johnny, the oh. homicidal maniac. Yeah. I was amped on that. I was yeah. amped. But he also, um, but, yeah, th- he also has these sunglasses on that make him look really like a cop. And, <laughs> and in my notes, I, he's like a cop that is actually like, in high school you know like the the undercover cops that like are in high school oh, yeah, yeah yeah and they're doing the most extreme shit to like fit in and they're gonna bust everyone 
And I think that it actually, <laughs> I want to take back my comments about Collective Soul because now we call that cop rock. And when you look at the Godsmack God guy, if he's the cop, Collective Soul, like they're the actors that are like, they're going to play cops on a, you know, daytime TV. Yes. Like yeah, they're, they're just, too pretty. Right. Because this guy like is kind of like this dude, dude he does have the cop glasses yeah because he has a shaved head yeah but that's what i think is sort of the grunge new metal scene at the time is like you have the corn vibe which is just they're they're just very theatric and it honestly makes me appreciate them more because of how much they put into their image whereas really like a band like godsmack i do feel like by the 90s like there was this sort of i don't know if it was because nirvana became so big and this whole slacker thing it's sort of like translated yeah. in these weird ways of like slacker aggression where you're just like, I'm yeah. not like, I'm not going to really do that much for my image, but I'm just going to still play these really heavy riffs and I'm going to wear like cop, like I'm just going to wear a Johnny the homicidal maniac shirt and like it kind of, right. There's this thing you start to, we've noticed a lot where it's like, like this isn't really a look that much, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it but is. Also, okay. <laughs> But like the singer though, and I can't. Oh, the drummer also uh, has on the the no shirt jean shorts yes. uh, look. This Shirtless was a very. Drums. It was a popular look that yes. year, uh, especially <laughs> on the grounds of Woodstock '99. Right. But the singer definitely like, fit, like did his hair before he went yes. out, and like he, he has, has like some look. jewelry on. Well, I feel yeah. like that was part of it. Is like the singer could like be as much of a diva as they wanted. But then the band, it was like totally okay for the band to just have like shirts and shorts. Yeah. And you see that in a lot of bands at Woodstock. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Dude, that's so funny. Yeah. The, the, the fucking, you're right. Collective Soul, we're not the cops. It was, it was Godsmack. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of them was wearing a security shirt. Yeah. But again, yeah, that's such like a, that was such a thing back then. I, I remember that. Like you can go on Hollywood Boulevard and like there'll be shirts with like a bunch of like, like all the different names of weed. And then I'll be like a security shirt. Then like FBI shirt. Then like yeah. a Tupac shirt. Right. Like that's like Venice Beach fucking t-shirt stand shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the singer has four bottles of water lined up and one tall boy, uh, and which is like... Yeah, is that- <laughs> no, I'll have one. Yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, and the, and the sun is is definitely like setting now. It's getting dark. The stage lights are coming on, so it makes it look a little bit more intense. And I'm not seeing a woman in sight uh, during this band. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> like it was not. Uh, this was some he man woman haters club shit uh, going on down there. It was just rough and gross by that point. And the pit's like it's very active. It's not the same though as like a whirlpool, but it was still like going. You know what I mean? This is this frothy. is more of like a jumping, more like there's some pushing going on. Um, and, and oh, there, there's this great uh, clip here talking about talking about drugs and shit like yeah. that. How many people here at Woodstock '99 are smoking the killer green vibe, baby? I mean, it's not a cop, fair. a major cop. Uh, only right. a cop would ask that. Who's yeah, smoking the, bu- the green bud? Yeah. Do you some, guys have uh, some grass? Have any of that green bud? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some grass. Hey, where's the guy go to score some uh, a lid? Oh, this is it's just not fair to me. I mean, it's 20 years later. It's just like God, but it's just it is really funny to to hear the euphemism and how quickly terminology especially with stuff like weed it's just like how quickly it changes and like that was a totally oh acceptable God. thing to say and you could not say green bud now 
and have someone not laugh at your face. Uh, yeah, you could say stuff like that. It's like back choice, then. bud. Yeah, kind, bud. Yeah, choice nugs. Um, but everything yeah. that people say now is ridiculous too. The names of weed now are just absolutely ridiculous. Like cookies, nightmare cookies. Like I don't know. All Dude, the it was ter- way it fucking crazier. Those names it used to be. Are- I mean, there was like, I remember like purple wheelchair. I remember one was called New York hooker pussy. There was one called, <laughs> which is insane. Uh, for that, was, that was probably the worst one. Right. Well, I can't call it that. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, so fucking many with the black Dahlia, princess Diana. Like oh, what man. the fuck? All right, you're schooling me on that. I just remember there was that. Well, none of it's real. There's like, there's like four weeds in the world. I just remember and, like, there's just a, I mean, there was that yeah. song. It's like no, the combination like, of. Of uh, whatever I don't remember <laughs> Bin Laden. <weed. laughs> anyway, we're all right. We're talking about weed now. We're, yeah, we're straying. <laughs> we're on record, and Godsmack is going to use this against us <laughs> as evidence. Exactly. That's yeah, actually like an interrogation. Yeah. So it's like, but going back to them being used in in the not the old Navy commercials, but the Navy, as in the U.S. Navy. Yes. It's like recruiter rock. Yeah. Which is like a thing. We've I think like we've three, three doors down is kind before. of like a, yeah yeah. And really, the thing is, is that I thought I was much more clever for coming up with this term, but then I realized like all these bands just actually have an association with the military, and so it's it's not very. I didn't use my brain that much to come up with this term. It's just literally, <laughs> it's just that there literally just is a style. And it's again in this like weird wasteland of the late nineties where like these things like coming from metal and grunge or like where it was just seen as like very anti establishment like that. Right. It somehow has now filtered where it's like, no, it's for the establishment. Like it's for the military, you know, it's just, right. it's just, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. funny to imagine. And again, not to like, lionize Kurt Cobain because everyone wants to think about what would he think about but it's just funny to imagine you know like a style that somehow influenced like imagine Kurt Cobain like supporting the military I guess I don't know not (laughs) we don't I don't want to get into like Kurt Cobain and like what he would have thought about stuff but yeah no just in general the the, yeah exactly it's just the Godsmack is about to like become this like really patriotic band in like a couple years from yeah now yeah and, uh, well, I mean, there was a very big thing that happened a couple years after 1999 that made a lot of people find a newfound sense of patriotism. True. Um, yes, 9-11. Yeah. Uh, if, and if you don't know what that is, it's because you forgot, and you're always supposed to remember. Mm. But uh, right. at one point in the set, the singer, he goes over to a set of bongos and plays a like a percussion solo, mm-hmm. but with sticks. Yeah. Yeah, and like I'll, I don't know if you've ever hit a bongo with a stick, but you can hit them really fucking fast because they bounce like a motherfucker. Right. So it sounds like you're like an octopus playing the drums, right? But really, you're just hitting like a plastic, like a super hard surface with a stick. Well, they but would, he's like, yeah, yeah. They they would late, and I've seen this somehow, but they later evolved that to bringing out a full drum kit. And then solely the oh singer and the drummer would have a full on drum battle with their own respective kits, which to me, I'm like, I get it. You used to be a drummer, but I'm like that to me screams sure. like you, we're like eating up. We're trying to like fill our 90 minute set. Here. Yeah, we're trying to fill our 90 minutes. And also, how cool am I? 
Yeah. You know, that's what it, like, it's like, oh, dude, like, no, the drummer can't do a, a drum solo. Yeah. Like, the singer Me- has Metallica to do Metallica did solo. that, too, like, at the height of their, like, 90, like, when they were doing, like, four-hour sets and, like, just everyone's taking a 10-minute solo and, like, James Hetfield would do it. I mean, that's just, this right. is a level of indulgence when the lead singer is, like, I, I can't just be the lead singer. I got to, like, play the drums, right. you know? Yeah, like, unless you're Prince. Like, Prince could pull it off. Right. Like grabbing everyone's instrument, mm-hmm. but uh, like he would, he also wrote all the songs yeah. <laughs> like himself. Yeah, yeah. I just, but, yeah. I had in my notes, it's like butt rock meets like a Margaritaville drum circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like some dude, like oh, like I'll pick up some sticks and hit these bongos. Like yeah, yeah. bongos get but, such uh, a bad rep because they are, you know, they've been used great many times, but it's it's that yeah, it's it, a it, drunk magnet. You see some bongos, you're yes. going to go do something horrible to them. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the, their last song that they play is called Whatever. And the singer tells everyone to put their middle fingers in the air. Yeah. Classic Woodstock 99 right. move. And everyone does it because everyone's having a good fucking time. Um, and that's but, the, you like, better fucking go away. That's yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, which, you know, and uh, yeah, Godsmack has some pretty angry kind of cop songs, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, step away from the vehicle. Dude, hey, hey, bro, you got that Godsmack CD in your car? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. That remi- wait, real quick. That reminds me. There's an episode of Cops from way back where uh, the call, some guy calls the cops because the, these women broke into his truck and stole his CDs. Now, this is in the <laughs> 90s, right? Like if you had a big CD binder, that's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars right. worth, of, worth of merchandise. Right. And uh, so the cops come, he's like, he's, and the guy himself was a security guard. He's like, yes, sir, I called. Uh, I have them blocked in over there. Uh, it's it's for uh, females, uh, white, like trying to describe them like a cop would. Yeah. <laughs> and the cop like knocks on the door, and this is just the most ragtag group of like tweaking out like women women ever like well they all have different colored hair but it's like coming out one of them has like a weird like cat in the hat hat like striped fucking like sagging <laughs> pajama hat oh, and man. uh the cops like you didn't take this man's cds and they're like oh no sir no and uh, he's like step out of the car when they open up the car all these cds dump out on the ground like fucking classic <laughs> and they're going through the binder and the guy's like Yep, that's my Kid Rock CD. Yep, that's my Metallica. Yep, that's God's Ma- Yep. And so yep. he literally had three Woodstock 99 <laughs> alumni in his car that he fucking called the cops on women for stealing. Um, and yeah, they ended up going to jail. for Because then the cop pulls one of them aside, just so you guys know how the saga ends. And he says, all right, who did it? She goes, Christine. <laughs> just gives her away. <laughs> I mean, that, honestly, that says a lot. That really does. That says a lot about how I'm feeling after having watched this much Godsmack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you feel like something was stolen from you? <laughs> yes. My time. My 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, but yeah, so I had a note, though I did have a note. I saw, I just had this weird thing where I saw, this is not a topless woman, but this is a woman who I think, who looked really health goth. She had like, she was on someone's shoulders and she had like a baseball cap and like a long sleeve shirt with underneath a t-shirt. And it's just kind of like that, it's like that Instagram thought baseball cap. And just for whatever reason, I was just like, right. man, yeah, yeah, for whatever yeah. reason, this person does not look 90s to me. She looks like 2017. And then again, it just yeah, goes back to all these, fucking it's back. all these crazy like fashion choices in 90, 
five plus degree wet. I mean, it's the sun's coming down, so it's probably not a hundred, but it's so hot. And you're wearing two shirts. One of them's a long sleeve shirt. It's just crazy. Right. No. Yeah. Well, you know, keep your arms protected from the sun. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it comes back. But here's the thing. Dressing like that then wasn't cool. She was probably just like fucking like she's there to see Godsmack at Woodstock 99. Yeah. Like, you know what it's I mean? It's like she's, it's just, she's definitely. Not yeah. It's like doing, but now it's like, oh, that's yeah. like super fashionable right. and like nice chunky sneakers Where back then. It's like, yeah, that's just what you bought if you were super basic. Right. Like now yeah. it's like the cool thing. You know, it, it, it took it took that long for that look mm-hmm. to become like the hot fucking thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So then there is this big chant mm-hmm. uh, that is like probably the the only part of watching Godsmack set really like from a culture dump angle this is like the only thing worthwhile from it but uh, let's check out this chant really quick say fuck you fuck you just you know, unbridled aggression. And fuck you for <laughs> listening to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the crowd knows the song, though, because he's like asking them to sing. He's like, oh, no, I didn't hear you. Yeah. I don't know. And he's doing the thing where he's like, all right, right side. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just like, a, I'm, yeah, he does the left side, right side thing, which I'm like, maybe that wasn't so overplayed in 99, but I feel like it still was. I'm just like. Yeah, it's just watching it. I just get kind of mad because he does the drum thing and he really stretches it out. And I just feel like they were maybe lacking in material because this. Yeah, he stretches out their big hit to be like a 12 minute long song. You know, when you turn the three minute song, I mean, dude, when I saw Garth Brooks, when I saw Garth Brooks, he played Friends in Low Places for damn near 20 minutes. Yeah, but he's got the material. He's got the that's true. I don't know. He's got the material and I needed every minute of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, it's no, yeah, the left it's fun. right that thing. It really, if you wanted to, if you were interested, you could just watch Godsmack doing whatever at Woodstock, and I think you would get the that's summation the of what you needed from yeah, that's, as a that's band, the move, you know. Um, I, I don't know why I wrote this. I guess again, I guess I was just in a different mindset from the start of the set to the end. But uh, I said that they kind of kill it at the end, and it's, I think it's just yeah. because the crowd is like super fucking there for it, right? And also the the, the stage itself. It looks so like the stages both look so much better during this like sunset period when like the lights are coming on and everything's kind of like there's like an orange hue. Yeah, like it's kind of like right around the time that like ICP played like it, it just on the west Limp stage it just makes everything good. look yeah. grizzlier mm-hmm. and and a little more intense and yeah. grosser. And there's not like you're not under the cloak of the night yet. Yeah. Like yeah, and uh, oh, I spotted a gigantic bottle of Aquafina on one of the one of the amps, <laughs> which was interesting because. Uh, Every band seems to have different kinds of bottles of water, which is funny because they didn't have any down there in the festival. Yeah. Hmm. But meanwhile, someone's able to get a 40 ounce of fucking Aquafina, Aquafina backstage. No problem. You know, but uh, <laughs> that that again, that's coming into play a little later, yep. a little later in yep. the day. Oh, yeah. um, at, at, and that's the end of their set, though. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. It, it, it's it's all kind of just whatever. Like, the, oh, my God. Like their last song, whatever. Right. Um, and the <laughs> the yeah, the drummer, he, he like goes up to the pay-per-view camera and like with his bottle of water, which has the cap on it. And he goes like, like he's going to fucking splash it on the camera. He's like, just kidding. And it's like, all right, dude, like real cool. And then pretty much for the first time I uh, that I've seen it, 
the singer is talking to the camera guy, like almost like he's doing an interview. Like he's like, "Yeah, that was crazy, man. Crazy yeah. show. Blah blah." Like, so, and it's, it's just interesting because you know, that's how much Woodstock '99. We've watched that. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that being said, that was the Wild Wild West stage. Uh, yeah, we're not going to do emerging artists uh, today because we only have there's only a few left of them, and we have one more episode to go before our last legend, before everything falls to pieces. So we will do emerging artist roundup next time on Podcast Ninety Nine. Uh, we want to thank our Patreon subscribers real quick. Uh, you guys keep us afloat. You guys are the ones that are responsible for us being able to do live events. Yeah, and it was uh, cool. I we, fucked up at this live event and did not record it. What's that? I said I don't know if you knew this, but I did not record oh, the show. Oh no, I um, know. And we were so good, guys. Let dang. me tell you what we were good. Well, uh, well, no, I, will say I don't even want to tell a you. Positive <laughs> note: It was cool to meet some of the Patreon folks uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, that was killer. That was yeah, really you guys cool. rocked. I don't know where you guys went. Uh, if you want to, you know, hang out another time, I'm here. Yeah, Come find parks me. is around. Yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, and where'd Come you guys go? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for saying bye, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know, like, so if, for those of you that don't subscribe to it, it is patreon.com slash culture dumps. And uh, we just put up two episodes I recorded on Christmas, uh, one with my uncle, one with my dad. And uh, my uncle is an environmental scientist. He deals in hazardous waste and sanitation. So we had him break down kind of what's what was happening at Griffiths Air Force Base. Because remember, folks, the venue that Woodstock 99 was happening at was like one of the highest class, like toxic waste dumps, hazardous areas in the country at one point. Right. Um, it housed bombers, and one of the things he was explaining is that when, you know, back in the day, uh, when they would clean the, out these things, and there'd be all these turbines and fucking, you know, like oils and chemicals and shit used for, you know, industrial cleaning and military-grade weapons cleaning and shit like that, you just dump them, and you just put them in the soil, and it makes everything super toxic. He also explained toilet breakdown and the ratio to toilets to people that you're supposed to have and that kind of stuff. And then my dad, uh, I interviewed him. He was in law enforcement for over 30 years. He's now an expert witness that, you know, specialized and uh, shootings in prison and shit like that. But uh, he fucking kind of broke down the different classes of crimes that were happening at Woodstock 99 and kind of what you'd be facing uh, for each one, as well as like from a law enforcement standpoint, like how to crowd control an area like that. And he, uh, he made this great point about uh, why they didn't take away drugs there and why they were explicitly told to not take drugs away from people and i'm not going to tell you why because that is why you need to subscribe to our patreon um yeah culture dumps is coming up folks we are approaching the end of podcast 99 uh we will just be switching everything over uh that'll be in the future but again that's going to be our show where we cover a vast array of different things we're going to do swing revival beanie babies fucking anna nicole smith is going to be a big one i want to do uh all those vh1 dating shows uh we've got all sorts of shit coming out and uh we'd like to thank gray holger at contradict sound host of noise extra uh just for you know helping maintain our our pages and you know keeping this thing going parks anything no, I'm I'm excited for the culture dumps um, because, you know, as you know, this Woodstock thing's just been, you know, this mammoth epic. But, you know, one thing about culture dumps is that, you know, some of these episodes, they're just going to be like, it'll be like a one one off thing. And so, yeah, uh, and we, there will be a couple things that will be multi episode, but 
it'll just be a nice way to just start covering a lot more subjects, um, a much greater spread. But still, yeah, kind of, if you seem like, like even more of an asshole at parties, right. <laughs> I just can't shut up because they know too much yeah. shit. Yeah, but if you're into, if you've for whatever reason been into this and this particular brand of of strange uh, trivia, then I definitely, yeah, I'm excited to get into really weird stuff with culture dumps too. So, but we gotta Excellent. finish so, Woodstock, my boy. We gotta. We're I know, so, I, I can know, taste it. I know. I'm just so. I can taste it. It's so brutal. Yeah, it's I so know. brutal. It's a slog. It's yeah. It's we have, really weighing down. I mean, we have two bands. I'm really not excited to watch. There's actually. Oh no I, no! Next episode is a doozy. Yeah, I have not. But that's the last doozy. Touched. I haven't touched uh, Megadeth at all. I have not even yeah. cracked that yeah. one open yet. So. Uh, I've only seen one song. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, not that I hate them or whatever, but I think I do. I don't know. If you went to, worked at, or played Woodstock 99, please contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on Instagram at podcast99. Thank you, and we will see you at Woodstock. <laughs>